1924, British Columbia, Canada. A prospector days into an adventure into the wilderness to look for a lost gold mine claimed that he was kidnapped by a large, bipedal, hairy creature. And then he spent almost a week living amongst a family of them. The tale of Albert Ostman and his encounter with Sasquatches has become the stuff of legend. The story is both surreal, terrifying, and humorous. He never publicly spoke about his experience until the 1950s, right around the time that the term Bigfoot started to be used in the United States. Tonight, I share this strange tale with my son, a young child who has become quite obsessed with Bigfoot, and I am so proud and excited about that. This is a study of strange. A quick comment or two about tonight's episode before we dive in. First, when we had the time to record this episode, of course, it just so happened this way that they were repaving the street outside, so you may hear some weird droning sounds in the episode. That's not spooky, ambient music I'm putting in. I think you'll know when that happens. And two, this is obviously a little bit of a different episode for me. I've never talked about cryptids before, and I have a child on. I would love some feedback on this episode or ideas about how to change things up from time to time in the format of the show from you, my listeners. Please message me, a study of strange at gmail.com, or direct message me on Instagram at a study of strange, and let me know your thoughts or ideas about changing up some of the format from time to time. I would love to to hear your thoughts. Thank you, and now back to the show. La la la. La 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 la. All right. So much la 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 la. So, so much la 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 la. Welcome to A Study of Strange, everyone. I am Michael May, and today we're going to delve into one of the most fascinating Bigfoot stories of all time, the tale of Albert Ostman, a man who in 1924 claimed he was kidnapped by a Sasquatch and spent six days with an entire family of Sasquatch before escaping. And joining me is my Bigfoot specialist, my Bigfoot scientist. The guy that knows more about Bigfoot than anybody, my six-year-old son, Hollison. <laughs> Can you say hi? Hi. First, Hollison, I think it's a good question, which is how how did you first hear about Bigfoot? Do you even know? No. Do you think it was video games? No, vi- probably videos. Oh, videos? Like videos online? Uh, so, like, what kind of videos? What have you seen about Bigfoot? I don't really know. You don't really I know? I don't remember. Well, there's one video I know you've seen that's come up, and it's actually an old film. It's the Patterson-Gimlin film. Oh, right. Yeah, and you... So, Hollis and everybody, the, I think when he started to get into Bigfoot, he would actually act out, and you can actually imitate the walk, the Bigfoot walk from the famous Patterson-Gimlin film. Which was the story behind that is these guys, they were actually making a Bigfoot documentary. So they actually went out with a camera and they were trying to find it. And after searching for a long time, they found that Bigfoot and they were only able to film for that little bit of time before it wandered away. If it was really a Bigfoot. Because a lot of people claim that that was a hoax, right? Yeah. What do you believe? Do you believe Bigfoot is real? 
Sort of. Yeah, sort of is actually a fantastic Mostly answer. Mostly from books I've heard. Bigfoot normally is somebody dressed up to prank people. Oh, okay. Who wants to live in the woods. Mm-hmm. So the people want to live in the woods or the Bigfoot wants to live in the woods? The person who probably is dressed up as a Bigfoot or mm-hmm. a Bigfoot would probably want to live in the woods. Yeah. That's why all the sightings of Bigfoot is somewhere near like a wood area. Yeah. Do you think that they're also in a wooded area because there's not as many people that live in wooded areas? So that's yeah. why they're kind of secretive? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me, too. And so Hollison here has become quite a, a fan of Bigfoot stuff. He's, he really likes Bigfoot. And you know a lot about Bigfoot for a six-year-old. Do you know, you don't remember when you first saw it or the type of videos, but what really got you interested in Bigfoot? Was it videos themselves or was it also some video games? Because there is a Sasquatch video game that you play. Oh, right, that one. I remember. Probably the Sasquatch video game. Mm-hmm. And what do you do in that? You run around dragging your finger and you're controlling a Sasquatch. Yeah. And there's and you're in a campsite and you have like a little house and you can get like a dog, you can get costumes and go in the city as a Bigfoot. Yeah, and you get jobs and stuff. Yep. And no one knows it's a Bigfoot, right? <laughs> Like well, the other characters. When you start the game, you're just a Sasquatch, and if you go in the campsite, everybody's just be like, oh, it's a Bigfoot rabbit. <laughs> so, what do you know about Bigfoot? Do you know what area of the country they live in? I think I used to know that, but I forgot. Okay. Okay. That's, that's totally fair. So, I'll give you a little bit of history of the Bigfoot, real quick, just to kind of catch you up to speed. So, Bigfoot is also known as Sasquatch. Some people claim they're different. Some people say they're the same. Uh, and the, the legends, the lore of Bigfoot goes back centuries in various indigenous cultures in North America. And many of these cultures have legends of large, hairy, humanoid creatures. Humanoid means like human, but not really human. And they live in the wilderness and they're bipedal. So bipedal means they walk on two feet. So if you think about a gorilla, right? They when they actually walk, they put down their really strong arms too. And they use when their I arms think and about legs. gorillas, I normally think, oh, it's just a bigfoot that walks differently. Oh, that's really interesting. Actually, four yeah. hands, yeah, and what two feet? That's right. So yeah, the legends say that this is a bipedal creature, so walking upright like humans, and it's classified as a cryptid. And a cryptid is. It's an animal that's not recognized by science, so it means there's no definitive proof that it exists. However, a lot of people still believe in them. And for the purposes of today's episode, I will intertwine the term Bigfoot and Sasquatch just because I grew up hearing Bigfoot all the time. So I mean the same creature when I say both of those. And the term Bigfoot was first used in the late 1950s, 1958 specifically, after a series of reported sightings of this large ape-like creature in California, which is where we live, but they were up farther north. Yeah, definitely up farther north. Definitely up farther north. Because and if you just saw a Bigfoot in the city, you'd be like, that's definitely somebody dressed for Halloween. Would they have a job in the city? I think they should get a job if they're in the city. You know, you got to contribute to society somehow. What would a Bigfoot do as a job? Probably... Something going around in office delivering mail, creeping people. (laughs) 
their job would be to creep people, or that they just happen? Yeah, because they'd be like, "I'm a Bigfoot wearing something." Uh, that's great. So yeah, in the in 1958, there was a logger in Northern California named Jerry Crew who found these footprints, and they were really big, like too big to be a bear. He thought, and they even made some plaster casts of them. And this guy, one thing, yeah. If people see that, would it be like the Bigfoot foot would get stuck in like mud and yes. leave a print? Yes, that's exactly right. And. Uh, so they found all these Bigfoot. It got written up in the local paper, in the Humboldt Times paper, and then it spread. It got picked up by the big nationwide newspapers, and they started calling this the Bigfoot. And that's where the term Bigfoot came from. It was literally from big feet marks. And that's why they started calling it Bigfoot. Now, years later, one of the co-workers of Jerry Crew, uh, his family came forward and said that their dad had made fake feet made out of wood that he would push into the ground as a prank and they claim that's what started the big bigfoot craze and the sort of the modern day legend of bigfoot from this prank i knew it was people trying to prank well that may have happened because some people don't believe that story but uh but it very well might have just been a prank and plus if they make it out of wood you're probably gonna see like little like it's not gonna be perfect for a big feat if you made it out of wood, it's probably going to have, like, little sharp things. Yeah. But no, it's definitely from wood. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because, yeah. like, sometimes wood can have, like, little sharp things that just come off. Yeah. And if they see, like, that, they're going to be like, definitely wood. Definitely wood. Now, historically in Canada, do you know where Canada is, Hollison? No. So Canada is a country just north of our country. So if you went up. Like if you drove north to, you remember going to Morro Bay in California? So if you just kept going up for like another day, (laughs) you would hit Canada. And so they border our country just north. So in Canada, they have a term called Sasquatch. It's where Sasquatch comes from. It's from the Chahalas indigenous peoples of British Columbia, Canada. And their original term was more like Sesquets or Sescots. And we got like people like me that can't pronounce things correctly. It became Sasquatch. And that's where that term comes from. So since then, there have been thousands of reported sightings of Bigfoot across North America, particularly in the Pacific Northwest, which is like Northern California up through Oregon and Washington to Canada. And many people have claimed to have seen something or heard something. There's been countless books and documentaries and other media focused on the subject, including YouTube videos that Hollison's probably watched. Now, despite the numerous reported sightings, no conclusive evidence of Bigfoot's existence has ever been found. Skeptics argue that the sightings are likely hoaxes or misidentifications of known animals like bears. But believers point out that there's a consistency to the descriptions and lack of any known animal that matches the creature's reported characteristics. And today, Bigfoot remains one of the most iconic cryptids in North American folklore and continues to fascinate and intrigue people around the world. And there's similar creatures have been so-called seen in other parts of the world, like, can you think of one that's like Bigfoot, but not Bigfoot, it's somewhere else? I know you know one. No. What if one had white fur instead of black? What would that be? Yeti. Yeti. 
Do you know where the Yeti supposedly lives? Mountains. Mountains. That's so the Himalayan mountains, which is in Asia. That's where they have this local legend of of Yeti, which is a similar type creature. There's also the skunk ape down in Florida, where I'm from. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about the skunk ape. It's like a, it's like a Bigfoot. It's a Bigfoot like creature. Is it a Bigfoot that looks like a skunk? No, no, it's not. That would be like the funniest Bigfoot I've ever seen. (laughs) So one of the reasons why things like Skunk Ape comes up is a lot of people that think that they've seen or been around Bigfoot is they say that it smells really badly. In in Sneaky Sasquatch, you're a captain in a boat, that's one of the jobs. Yeah. And and somebody comes on and, and they say, this captain stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's where that comes from because people think it like, smells bad. Why does it stink so much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Our, that's why they're called skunk apes. I think, I think that's part of the skunk ape legend. I could and be wrong. And why are Bigfoot's different colors and ways? Like some... That's like some brown, some black. I think it depends on what image you see of a Bigfoot. Because remember, they might not be real. So you're seeing people's imagination of what they look like. Or it could be different times of day. And also, I think it's normally... It may just be like some Bigfoots are brown, some Bigfoots That's what are I was black. about to say, because we're humans and we all look different. So mm. not every Bigfoot may look the same. Like some of us have brown skin, some of us have light exactly. skin. Exactly. That's right. So who says Bigfoot all have to look the same? Maybe there are a lot of differences yeah. in Bigfoot. That's why they call them sort of human-like. That's right, humanoid, yeah. And also, there's a coding game called Scratch Junior and I made mine a Bigfoot and I coded a Bigfoot in the jungle because nice. it's the closest thing I could find. That's awesome. But I also did like a woods area where there's like little red eyes from the trees in the background Ooh. and I colored the feet Bigfoot style but I forgot I I could have colored the tummy. Yeah. Because it looks and I colored the skin brown. Yeah. And a hat brown. Cool. And I forgot to color the tummy, so his tummy was yellow, and then I put a farmer, and, or like what I would call an adventurer, <laughs> and I made a scene where the Bigfoot comes in and like hug, turns big, comes in and hugs it, and then like he spins, and then he lands like this. <laughs> he lands down, so it's like the Bigfoot kill him. Oh, yeah. Uh. So do you want to hear a real Bigfoot story? In terms of it's a real story, but it may not have actually been real. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of Albert Ostman. And this took place about 100 years ago. And this is before people were using the term Bigfoot. When did UFOs come out? <laughs> well, UFOs have been around a long time, too. That's another, that's another. We'll have to have you back on for a UFO story, Hollis. Yeah. And <laughs> so again, Take me and I know about UFOs. Yeah, I will. I will. There you go. Well, you heard it here, listeners. Keep uh, subscribe and make sure you're listening to the show and you can hear Hollison on a future episode talking about UFOs. All right. So Albert Osman, Hollison. This is a guy who experienced something in 1924, like I said, about 100 years ago or 99, but right around 100. He was a Canadian prospector. And he did not share this story for 
decades. He didn't tell anybody about it because he thought people would think he's crazy, or at least that's what he says. He ended up telling the story to Queen Elizabeth, the Queen of England, in 1959 because it was such the a fascinating queen? story. Yeah, the Queen heard this story. So the it, Queen would be like, knights go out, kill this ape, kill this dude. Maybe, well, apparently the Queen was very interested in Bigfoot. She was like you. She had an interest in the story of Bigfoot. I don't know if she believed in Bigfoot, but she liked the stories. So the story goes, Hollison, that in 1924, this prospector, he, prospectors, by the way, they're they're like miners. They're trying to find so things So they're like miners the that are like hunting for bones of Bigfoot. Oh, like in that video where, the, where they were finding, um, and they found the skull, they're like, the future episodes get shit more, and then it said fake skull. Fake skull. <laughs> uh, no, it I don't. Think... It looked nothing. I th- I thought it had like a Waluigi oh. <laughs> chin, <laughs> and it had like a gun line through it. Yeah. So this, he he wasn't prospecting for bones. I think he prospected for gold. Is what he was actually into. But he was looking for like a I don't know, like a big. And some say that Bigfoot can fast. Teleport from trees. Teleport. Yeah, some people think they teleport from other dimensions and stuff like that. So, I think that no ape can do that. I Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's just like they're – I think that's like they're fast. So people think they're just teleporting. Oh, maybe. Like yeah, they're so fast. It looks like maybe. So Albert Osman Hollison, he was going on vacation, but his idea of a vacation – was to go camp out, hike through the woods, and look for a lost gold mine. That's what he wanted to do for fun. Oh, so he wanted to be rich. He wanted to be rich. And he was going up to an area in the Toba Inlet of British Columbia, Canada. And he had what he called an old Indian guide took him up to the inlet. And the guide told Osman a story of a man who had been killed by a Sasquatch. And Osman didn't know what a Sasquatch was, so he was like, well, what's... What's a Sasquatch? And here I'm going to read something from his own account to you, quoting quoting Ostman himself right now. At the time, I had never heard of Sasquatch, so I asked what kind of animal he called a Sasquatch. The Indian said, they have hair all over their bodies, but they are not animals. They are people, big people living in the mountains. My uncle saw the tracks of one that were two feet long. One old Indian saw one over eight feet tall. I told the Indian I didn't believe in their old fables about mountain giants. It might have been some thousands of years ago, but not nowadays. The Indian said there may not be many, but they still exist. So that's from one of his accounts of this story. So he gets dropped off by this Indian, uh, by what he called the old Indian guide. And he hiked around a handful of days. He was camping out. He was climbing around looking for this old mine. Oh, and I know the story you're telling me about. Well, I think, I think I've told you a little bit about yeah. this in the past, but not all of it. So he finally, after a number of days, finds what he calls a good camp, where he can like really set a nice camp up. You know, I would find a good ca- a camp in a cave, so you can so like a fire outside, and then you could like have a sleep instead of building like a tent. Oh, maybe, you yeah. Sleep and you bring a that's, a that's a good call. Sleeping. And I don't think he did that. I think he was set up kind of near some trees. But anyway, one morning after sleeping, he noticed some of his stuff had been rummaged around, like something came and looked through his stuff, but nothing was stolen. So he thought porcupines were was getting into his belongings. So he wanted to find out if it was really porcupines, if it was something else. 
So one night he gets in his sleeping bag and he put stuff in his sleeping bag with him to like keep it safe. So he had cans of food, he had his rifle, he had his knife all in the sleeping bag with him, which doesn't sound very comfortable to me. Oh, if he saw the Bigfoot, he could pull out his rifle. Well, and he see him. he thought it was a porcupine, but he still wanted his rifle for that. I already know. But he this. fell asleep. And he wanted to stay up, but he fell asleep. And then he woke up because something was carrying him inside his sleeping bag. So something picked up the sleeping bag with all the stuff in it, including him, and was carrying him. And this is, I'm going to quote again from something he said, because he's going to say it better than me. This night, it was cloudy and looked like it might rain. I took special notice of how everything was arranged. I closed my pack sack. I did not undress. I only took off my shoes, put them in the bottom of my sleeping bag. I drove my prospecting pick into one of the cypress trees so I could reach it from my bed. I also put the rifle alongside me, inside my sleeping bag. I finally intended to stay awake all night to find out who my visitor was, but I must have fallen asleep. I was awakened by something picking me up, and I was half asleep, and at first I did not remember where I was. As I began to get my wits together, I remembered I was on this prospecting trip, and in my sleeping bag. After what seemed like an hour, I could feel we were going up a steep hill. I could feel myself rise for every step. What was carrying me was breathing hard and sometimes gave a slight cough. Now I knew this must be one of the mountain Sasquatch giants the Indian told me about. So yeah, he's being carried in his sleeps in his sleeping bag. And oh, he... this is where the big. I'm, I'm not going to reveal it, but this is oh, where okay. the bigfoot gets him. <clears throat> well, at first he tries to get his knife out, but he's kind of on top of his knife in the bag. He can't get it. He he's... so he has to be he's like, oh, you have something in my back. Exactly. Yeah, exactly like that. And eventually he gets put down, and he crawls out of his sleeping bag, and he sees a bigfoot, and but not just one. He sees four, four of them. And what he described them as like a mom and a dad and two kids, a girl and a boy. But they were all big. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So it's a family of Bigfoot. It's family of Sasquatch. I think he said the the father was like over eight feet tall and even the kids were over six or near seven. They were all very big. And what was interesting to me about this story, Hollison, is that as soon as Ostman gets out of his sleeping bag, the Sasquatch just kind of let him go around, and he notices he's in this little valley surrounded by mountains with only one way in or out, and he's wandering around. He finds a little spring to get some water, and he decides, I'm going to make coffee. So he gets his coffee grounds, gets his, tea, gets his pot, uses water, makes some coffee, and, cause, and remember, he has stuff in his sleeping bag, so he actually has food and stuff with him. And he mentions that he never felt threatened. He never felt like he was in danger, but they wouldn't let him leave because at one point he tries to walk away and the big dad comes and like puts a hand on him and like pushes him back. So he felt like he couldn't leave, but he felt like he was not in danger at all. And he stayed about six or seven days with these Bigfoot and he would cook food. He would make coffee and he had a thing with him called a snuff box. I'm guessing you've never heard of this. (laughs) That sounds like something that carrying like sneeze stuff actually you're not far off believe it or not so snuff is made out of tobacco which is the plant that they use in cigarettes so when you see people smoking they're smoking tobacco leaves but snuff you don't smoke you put it in your mouth and you like suck on it and some people even like put it in their nose depending on which kind it is it's really gross 
but that was very popular. They didn't know. It's also very dangerous. They didn't know how dangerous it was back then. So a lot of people did it because they just liked it. So he had a snuff box and he had showed it to the, the young, the young boy Sasquatch who took an interest in it. And Osman had this idea that, hey, maybe if they get the snuff in their eyes or they breathe it weird, they might sneeze or have trouble seeing and I can escape. So he tries to make it look really appetizing. And this goes on. I don't think he does this the last day. I think he came up with that idea before his last day. So on the sixth day, he had made some coffee and he brought one of the Bigfoot over. or One of the Bigfoot just came over to see what they were doing. And he ate some food and he went to get his snuff box out. And the dad, what he called the dad, grabbed the snuff box and ate everything in it. So all that gross tobacco the guy eats. And Osman says he saw the guy's like eyes roll back in his head and look like he's going to get sick. And after some time, the Sasquatch grabbed the coffee pot and drank all the coffee. So you have a combination of coffee, coffee grounds, and snuff, and the Sasquatch gets sick from this. So Osman said that was my chance to leave. So he grabbed all his sleeping bag stuff, and he ran. And as he's running out of the valley, the, the mom figure, the old, I think he called the old woman Sasquatch, comes running after him to stop him and he took his rifle and he shot it over her head and it kind of scared her and she turned around and ran off and he was able to escape and he ran and he ran and he ran until he found some loggers who helped him and you know found a way out of out of the area eventually after he was found the loggers and he was safe and he didn't tell anybody this story didn't tell anybody about Sasquatch for a long time and I should point out he never used his rifle because two reasons really he never felt in danger and he didn't think his rifle was strong enough to actually stop these creatures. And if you shoot one, you may just make it mad. So yeah, if he you didn't... shoot one, he's just going to be like, oh, I'm mad. Exactly. So he's he didn't want to do fast. that. He's going to run fast. So why do you think, Hollison, that if the story is true, why do you think they wanted to keep him there? Probably to eat him after Days and nights and things. So there's that's actually a good theory. He said he never saw them eat meat because he was with them for seven days and all they ate were like vegetable kind of things and roots mm. and flowers. So maybe they don't eat meat. The only time I see Bigfoot's eat them. Uh, so he claimed that he didn't see them eat meat. So I don't think he was food. And also they were nice to him. So I don't think they were going to eat him. Um, he thought that maybe they wanted him to get married to the young girl Sasquatch. <laughs> Your face right now. <laughs> Classic face. Hollison looks very shocked, everybody. Yeah, that's what he thought, which I think is ridiculous. But that that's what Osman said in his own words. I thought the Daddy Bigfoot was already married. Oh no, not so it it's the Daddy Bigfoot would be quote unquote Sasquatch married. They they but they had the the girl Sasquatch, the daughter. So he thought he was being set up with the daughter. To marry her. Yeah. Although he didn't say married. He just said sort of like, you know. Uh, so, yeah, Hollison, the story of Albert Osman's encounter with Bigfoot has has been very captivating for decades now. And I think most people don't believe him. I actually do not believe him. That is I my believe own. him. Yeah, and that's good. A I lot of people him. do. A lot of people do believe him. They claim that he was very consistent when he told the story for the years that he did tell the story, from like 1957 to like the mid-70s. I have one question. Yeah. Was it in like a 
desert mountain or a mountain mountain? A mountain with a lot of trees. So in British Columbia, it's like a lot so of it's big like, trees. I've heard of mountains that it's like a mountain and then like it's like a steep way down and then there's some trees around it. Yeah. This would be a lot of trees on a mountain. And so it's very green. It's very lush. The area there in British Columbia is very foresty. So there's a lot of good plants and life. And there's a lot of bears in the area. If I still have this game, it's like, a, it's like um, there's like a mountain and there's like a thing. And you can put like beavers, beavers and wolves. I wish they added an update where it's like a Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And I would put the Bigfoot right at the trees, right in there. Yeah. You look perfect. So one of the things I always thought was hilarious about this story, Hollison, is that Osman claimed, not claimed, but he estimated all the Bigfoot ages. So like for like the daughter Bigfoot and the young boy Bigfoot, he was like, oh, the daughter's 14, 15, 16 years old. And the the boy, I can't remember what he said about the boy, but like 17, 18, uh, something like that. And to me, that always... That always just seemed really ridiculous to me because you can't, like, if you look at a gorilla, can you tell its age? They're not humans. It's hard to do. But yet he was like, oh, she's 15, 16 years old. With Bigfoots, you probably think moms or dads are somewhere near 30 and 50 years old. Somewhere near that, like in between that, which would be like 40 and things. Yeah. Hey, Hollison, that is a very good theory. That is a very good theory. Because I think the mom would be like some 40, and then the dad would be like 45, maybe. Okay, okay. But see, this is kind of what he was doing. He was estimating their ages, and I always thought- By height. I think my mom is just 20. (laughs) Because because she's short or because she's tall? Is she short or tall? Short. Yeah, mommy's pretty short. Uh, so I I don't believe it. I love that you believe this story, Hollison, because there are a lot of people, a lot of grown, grown-ups that believe his stories. I just don't. I have my own reasons for not believing it. I think it's a little bit corny. I think it's a bit ridiculous of a story. When I think of Black Bigfoots, I think of people saying there's like a really smart gorilla that learned how to stand up. Oh, and like that, and like that gorilla knows how to stand up. Mm-hmm. So the gorilla was standing up and just knowed how to stand up. So people thought it was Bigfoot. That's why it comes in different Maybe. colors. Maybe. I believe in Bigfoot brown. Okay, so you think brown? They're brown. Color. All right, all right. So there's uh, <clears throat> there's different bits of theories or evidence in terms of if Bigfoot is real or not. One no, thing, I've seen lots of signs from Bigfoot. Oh, that's a sign. So, one thing to keep in mind, Hollison, is there's never really been conclusive evidence found. There are hardcore believers that would disagree with me on that, but like we've never found hairs that have gone and gotten studied at a science laboratory that they're like, oh, this is an unknown. If I was creature. looking for Bigfoot, I would pack like shotguns, turrets. All those things, just finding a big foot. pack up turrets. Yeah, pack up, <laughs> pack up, pack up like rocks to throw at them. Pack up smelly things. Well, so you, it sounds like and you want to. Like, would you want to attack them, or would you would just want to protect yourself? I would want to protect myself. Yeah, yeah, that's but, smart. but if I actually had enough stuff to kill a bigfoot, 
I would do that and then be like, guys, Bigfoot's real. Yeah. That's really interesting, Allison. That's interesting. I think safety, I would I would think about that because I'd be worried. But I wouldn't be worried that they would come after me. I would only be worried they would if come they after came, me if, if I they, was I've seen them. a picture that I thought was very fake. It was like a Bigfoot wearing a tutu mask peeking behind a tree. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> huh? And I've seen this photo of a Bigfoot and he's like he's like walking like a human he's not like oh I'm just Sasquatch pose man walking like Sasquatch nice he was nice. he was just like walking literally like a normal person mm-hmm. out of this black blurry thing and there was it was a shot from the back so you really don't know and it was in the mountains and I feel like why can Bigfoot want to go in the mountains well, and that's definitely just a person. Maybe. I know it. Like it had person hands. The feet weren't big. The head was person. Yeah. It looks so like a person. And there was this one photo where it's a big foot peeking behind a tree. Mm-hmm. And he has like red eyes and big sharp teeth. And I'm like, since what did people think Bigfoots have red eyes? Well, it may just be camera or video because that can you can get yeah. reflection in the eyeballs. So it may not be That's red the eyes. Most it may just be I don't the like cats at night. Oh yeah, it's oh, creepy. Creepy. So creepy. So there's a lot of tales of Bigfoot, Hollis, and there's so many tales of Bigfoot. There's so many potential sightings. There's again, people smell them and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be a Bigfoot because it smells gross." There's all this stuff, yet no one's found anything conclusive. No one's found a body. No one's found bones. No one's even found poop that's conclusively like, oh, this is a creature we don't know because animals are pooping in the woods. Probably, if a Bigfoot pooped, probably nobody went there because they're like, oh, that's a Bigfoot. Oh. <laughs> so it's like they pooped and then the poop is just gone and they're like, oh, it smells so stinky. So they don't even go investigate it because they're just like yeah. something stinky's over oh. there. Let's not go that way. It's a Bigfoot. Allison, you've brought up some really good points today. Yeah. You've brought up good points about not all Bigfoot are going to look the same. You've brought up maybe someone just smells poop and doesn't go over there and it could be Bigfoot scat. Yeah, because then after days and days and days, it's gonna turn and it's gonna go in the mud oh, yeah. mix around yep. and then it's gonna be like oh we don't smell that thing that's mm, right over there. and then so that's probably how nobody's ever seen it mm-hmm. so so to go back to this mr ostman story then hollison so i'm curious so you believe his story that he was kidnapped by bigfoot but yet yes. he was safe so my question the story for- i've heard about that is like the one of the Tiny Bigfoot, the kid Bigfoot, was like, oh, you know how to cook. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know cooking. Like the cooking. <laughs> so do you think like, maybe oh, they I'm kept so him around for food? Like maybe they were like, maybe he could be our like, personal I, chef. I, maybe they're just like, I, I'm tired of vegetables. <laughs> I would rather eat some coffee. <laughs> Might, maybe, maybe. That's a better thought than I've heard others have on this story. <laughs> Listen. That's really good. Now, as much as I do not believe the story, Hollison, I I actually think that 
I would not be very shocked if one day we found something like a Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest. I'd be shocked. Oh, you would, but it sounds like you believe in I'd be shocked because I've never... I've seen some footprints that look like a Bigfoot footprint, but normally it just seems a little bit tinier. Well, that could be anything. Yeah. It may not be a Bigfoot. It may just be like, well, gorillas basically have the same feet. Mm Mm-hmm. But not as big feet. So it may just been a gorilla. Yeah. And I have, on a very kind of serious note, I actually don't like the... I don't like footprints as evidence in the Bigfoot stuff. As Bigfoot things are just like, oh, Bigfoot, stay out. Well, but that it's it's kind of creeps you. It kind of gets your heart scared. Yeah. But if I saw something like something running across a tree to tree, I'd feel terrified. Yeah, I would too. I would do. And if it was like that, it was peeking behind bushes. I'm even made a Bigfoot drawing, and you're going to see how good it looks. It's like a Bigfoot peeking behind a tree, and I made it brown. Uh-huh. Because I like Bigfoot. Sir. Look, brown eye has red eyes. It's peeking out of a tree. Ooh. I put dark coloring everywhere. I put trees everywhere. Nice. So would you feel in danger if you ever got kidnapped like this guy? Would you feel, I mean, I would be scared, but would yeah. you feel like they're going to kill you? Or would you feel like, oh, they just want me to be their personal chef? I think it would just be like both. Because, you know, some Bigfoots are just like, I'm going to kill you, leave you alone. It's more like that. Mm-hmm. But if I get kidnapped by a Bigfoot, I would be terrified. I'd stay in my punching, in my... Sleeping bag? Yeah, sleeping mm-hmm. bag. And I would be there just like, hmm... Mm. I and what I would try to do is try to like b- put like a fake. I would be like, "Oh, hello, Mister Doll." Put you in there, and I just oh. like run away, and then like, "Oh, he's still so you'd here. put a fake you in the sleeping bag, yeah. so it looks like you're in there and sneak out." That's a good thought, Allison. That is a so very I could good just thought. be like, "Oh, if I bring pink color in, I could be like." Pink, 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 and then if and then I could turn it to a little ball and be like a worm, mm-hmm. and then I could be worming out of here, worming <laughs> out of my things, like worming with my yep. rifles and things, and then the, and then the fake me would still be in there. Yeah. So, Hollison, there is a famous story about some guys that escaped a famous prison that everybody thought was un, un unescapable. By putting fake versions of themselves in their beds and then sneaking out. So you, as a six-year-old, I don't know if you've gotten the idea from something else, but you just went across the same idea these guys had that escaped from Alcatraz prison. So that's fun. That's very fun. You know, I've seen things like, so I forget what show it is, but it's a, oh, Pop Academy. And... There's one that's a prison one, mm-hmm. and those dogs that get captured, and they're, like, sneaking through the vents, and they get out, and, and there's an idea about putting fake of themselves yeah, in there. Yeah, that's where that's from, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, do you have any final thoughts on Bigfoot? It doesn't have to be about this guy's story. It could just be about Bigfoot in general. What do you want us to know about Bigfoot, or what do you want to know about Bigfoot? I have nothing to know. You have nothing to know? No. Do you know everything about Bigfoot now? 
sort of. Uh huh. I don't know everything about him. Okay. But what kind of thoughts do you want people to think about with Bigfoot? I don't know. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Hollis. And this was a lot of fun to share this story with you and get some of your insight and thoughts into Bigfoot. And yeah, do you want to come back on in the future? Did you have fun? You want to come yes. back on? Okay. <laughs> All right. Can you tell everybody bye? Bye. And that'll do it for the show. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new to A Study of Strange and you enjoy this, please take a quick moment to hit that follow button or subscribe for free on whatever device and app you listen to podcast on. You can find us on Instagram at A Study of Strange. That's the best way to kind of stay updated on things. And on our website, astudyofstrange.com, you will find a link to our Patreon where you can find other ways to support the show and get additional and exclusive content. Uh, The show has been growing, which honestly just kind of shocks me. So a big shout out and thank you to everybody that's been listening and subscribed. I could not be more thankful. The show is just an absolute blast to do. A couple of updates or bits of news, I guess you would call it. Next week will be dark, but I'll be back the following week with more tales of strangeness to get into and enjoy. And also, I've been really terrible about remembering that I'm asking for UFO or UAP stories. If you have a UFO UAP story or know somebody that does, please email me at studyofstrange at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on a future show or talk about your experience or just learn from you if that's all you want to do and you don't want to be on the show. I've been piecing this together, hoping to have an episode this summer, and I think it's going to be great. I've already learned some interesting things from people, and I would love to hear from you. So please reach out. Thank you again for listening, and good night.